0: Please listen carefully.
1: This is directly um, impacting my OnlyFans foot career, so I need to get it fixed.
0: (laughs) What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. This week's episode, we have dedicated it to Best Couple. It is, oh, no, it is Valentine's Day on the day recording. Love mm-hmm. is in the air, not for the three of us, but just in general.
2: I'm in love with myself. <laughs> what are you saying? Yeah, it's true. I literally have my mirror pointed right at me so I can look to the side, see myself.
0: You're We are recording with video right now, so you can also see yourself there.
2: I know. I need to see myself from all angles. Exactly. One is not enough. I did go on a
0: Galentine's Day date with myself last night, where I ordered mm. Cineplex popcorn to be mm. delivered to me again, and I watched a couple movies.
1: Cute. Maybe we should. I should do that when we watch
2: all the boys three. Ooh, good idea.
0: Ooh, what if I order it two days in a row? That's aggressive. Why not? Yeah, I I love me, so maybe I will. Yeah. So back to our episode theme, <laughs> we've decided that on this Valentine's Day, with this love in the air, in addition to dating ourselves, we want to talk about our favorite couples in uh books movies or tv shows depending on how we felt and so going into that steph you are a connoisseur in this topic uh i would i would hesitate to call you an expert just because i've read some of the things that you recommended before (laughs) and we definitely disagree however i cannot deny the sheer volume the sheer research that you've done on the topic you 100% out of all of us You know, you have more like core data than anybody else. So who is your favorite couple? Well,
1: I mean, I knew immediately who I wanted to pick, which is very different (laughs) for me because usually I can't pick anything to save my life. But I was like, I know exactly who it is in my favorite couple of all time. I'm going to say on the record all time is chess and terrible <laughs> from a downside Go series. And you're like, what the, what kind, what kind of name is that? What kind of series title is that? And I'm like, I would agree with you. I'd be like, it is nonsense. Um, but I'm going to give you background because if, if one thing in my life, I would like for this to happen, this needs to be an HBO series. And I think it would do particularly well. And no one can tell me differently like you cannot tell me differently because I've seen the shit p- that has been made into TV shows and this would be the best. And like I had to write it down a synopsis because it's too confusing uh, <laughs> for me to remember on my own because my brain no longer works the same way it used to. Anyway, so the first book in the series, I have it here with me. You can't see it, but I I love this series so much. I bought it in paperback. I don't even know anymore. Unholy Ghost, number one. We're going to say that's Right. And if I, if there's a cut in the beginning, it's because I had to change it. So anyway, there's a, dy- it's a dystopia future where there was like a big apocalypse where uh, all the ghosts, so everyone that dies becomes a ghost, but those ghosts came back and killed everyone. So like your Nana is coming for you and slicing off your head because as soon as you die and you become a ghost, you become murderous. It's and you guys fun. are giving me the weirdest looks <laughs> I've ever seen. Unexpected. Yeah. yeah. So, so because of this, the government and religion no longer exists. And it's now called, so the government is called the Church of Real Truth. They teach witches. So you go to school and you become a witch, which is our main protagonist. Her name is Chess. And you become a witch to kind of um, keep track and like defend the general public against these ghosts coming back and killing people. So one job that you can have is that people will say that their house is haunted and if it is, they get money from the government because of the, like, danger they put themselves in. But Chess's job, she's a debunker, and her job is to prove that they're lying to you. So they're lying to the Church of Real Truth to get money from them. So her job is to solve the so mystery an and, like, she's sure an spectra- or not. person. <laughs> She's, a, she's an insurance fraud witch, basically. <laughs> uh, and so the, the cool thing about the chess is that she's a witch and like they get their power, extra power from tattoos. People know they're witches when they have tattoos on them. And that's like the process of when you graduate from the school that only a select flu because only a select few people have magic in them. So they're all tested when they're younger and then they go to the school and they become a debunker. But the funny, not the funny thing, but it, nothing's as easy as it seems. So because of chess, she works for the government, but she... Also is a functioning drug addict, uh, and she lives in, like, the the bad side of town. It's called Downside. So, when you meet her in the book, a big issue is that she owes Bump, which is, like, the drug lord of her specific city, a lot of money because she couldn't pay for her drug. So, she was on credit. So, Bump, he's, like, I don't even know the equivalent of him, like, the biggest badass drug drug boss of the of downside. So he had bought he purchased because he's a philanthropist, he purchased um an airport. But there's sorry, some sorry,
2: sorry, pause <laughs> <laughs> This drug lord yeah. is also a philanthropist. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm and this insurance agent fraud witch is yeah. a drug addict. Yeah. I- not- <laughs>
0: Sorry. <laughs> Do you remember uh when I was editing uh, our previous episode and I messaged you on Instagram? And I was like, Steph, where the fuck were you? I thought I was, giving <laughs> what a was good, I'm
1: this is the
2: synopsis. I mean the, I, I think this the synopsis about, is about it's because of the plot. Yeah. Like I think it's because <laughs> it's of the fine. Your synopsis plot. is great. What is insane is what's what going I'm t- on. I'm not, in this I'm not
0: even I'm not even done yet. <laughs> I can tell because we've only we haven't even met the love interest. Yeah, I'm getting there. Okay, <laughs> please continue. So,
1: <laughs> Bump bought an airport, but so the main goal of it he's trying to he's trying to get drugs into in he's gonna, he's trying to get drugs delivered into this airport, but he can't because of black magic. And <laughs> guess who he calls up to fix this problem? It's Jess because she owes him. Hundreds and thousands of dollars from her drug debts. And in comes the love interest. (laughs) His name is Terrible. He is the enforcer, the like right-hand man of this guy named Bump. And he joins her in trying to solve the issue of like what's going on. Why can't these planes land uh in uh this airport? (laughs) And guess what? They get closer and closer. But I'm gonna say this is a five-book series. This broke every rule that I ever hate about every romance novel. it's a friends to lovers. They don't get together in the first book. They don't even get together in the second book. They get together in the third book. There's cheating involved because for a brief time chess <laughs> gets into a relationship with the competing drug lord's son. His name's Lex. <laughs> so so that's an extra. Tw- yep. yeah, yeah, Uh so then so that's a big issue and cheating, lying. Literally everything I hate, but I'm like, I'm obsessed with these two and I love them to death. They call it terrible. They The main descriptor is that he's really, really ugly. Like that's what everyone's afraid of him because he's like beat up because he's been in a lot of fights and everyone's like, oh, so terrible. That's how we got his name terrible because his parents died at this like apocalypse situation. So he was an orphan. Chess was an orphan, but they obviously went on two different paths. And guess what? I love them. I love them so much. This is the best series i've ever read that like shows you like once you get together it's not all sunshine and daisies because guess what she's got a she's got a few problems uh she needs to work through just a few just a few just like a light drug problem she needs to work through but it's like interesting to show like a you can be a functioning drug addict and like how do you deal with that well also i'm so mad because there's one book the last one i think came out in 2014 2015 and i'm waiting for it's it been like six years i checked the author's twitter constantly like where's the next book but yeah they've had terrible they've had terrible lives each individually so there's a lot of like angst and like emotional trauma that they need to work through but they found each other and they're working through it together (laughs) different components of this series i think would be an excellent tv show because you have so many characters you can follow someone needs to make this a show I think it would do extremely well. And, like, I've told many people to um, (laughs) read this series, and I don't think many people have.
2: Guys, are you interested? Would you want to read this now? I mean, like, I definitely would read this now, but I think I would be confused what reality is. Like, it just, it sounds (laughs) mind-boggling in so many ways. It's, like, literally,
1: if it was, like, if tomorrow happened and, like, we all started started to die because ghosts were taking coming up from the dead. Also, so then so the component of that is that everyone who's dead is underneath the church in like a prison cell, basically. So are they like they're corporeal then?
0: Like they Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Okay. If you can pick up well, some they
0: can't. I assume they can't kill you if, if they're not. I think well,
2: it's... I don't know, maybe they're selectively corporeal.
1: If they get their hands on a weapon, they can kill you and all that jazz. Okay, so like, but can they move through walls? Yeah. What
0: the fuck <laughs> listen, I don't make the rules. I also, like think
1: I focused on
2: <laughs> dystopia. We're like, what are the laws of this? <laughs> what, what is Because ha- I mean, it was already bonkers that she's like an insurance agent, which yeah. it's got like okay, what I'm getting is vibes of 365 Denise with like the whole like rival dates the other mobster's son or whatever. It's got that vibe, but not as
1: problematic as then- that. <laughs>
2: But then it's got, like, the tattoo power vibe, which is very, like, Shadowhunters. <laughs> That's what I was yeah, thinking yeah. of, yeah. And then, like, the ghost thing described- sounds like something else I've read, too. So I'm just, like, I'm a little confused here. <laughs> the ghost thing is also, like, an episode of Doctor Who.
1: Visually, uh, they look, they've been described as looking, like, the protagonist looks like Betty Page. And then he looks like a greaser. Um, oh, shit. What are, What are they? What's that style called? Rockabilly. Rockabilly. So like visually life. I'm interested. So and then it <laughs> and then everything everything kind of stopped after the ghost came. So like you don't have any new music, you don't really have any new cars.
2: So what, what drugs are Which she, is interesting. Is she addicted to?
1: It's not anything we know. They're called seps is her main one. Is seps. it jingle jangle? <laughs> <laughs> seps. I think to me it's probably like uh there's some that's like cocaine equivalent um
2: i was hoping it had something to do with the ghosts or something like it's like an injection of ghost plasma that's that's a storyline for later book (laughs) okay
1: okay um i
2: am actually
0: gonna agree with you after hearing you talk about this that this is a tv show oh yeah like i don't know that i would read this to be honest but i like if this was on i would watch this i would be like yeah okay why not
1: I think it would be really interesting and people
2: would be into it, but like, no one's gonna,
1: no one's gonna want it <laughs> because of Are this there color. like,
2: Does she like solve individual like crimes? So yeah, so or- she's basically a
1: detective. Okay. She's like a detective. Okay. So she gets a case that someone's <laughs> claiming that their house is haunted and then she goes in and she investigates and if, so if she proves that, so if she proves that they were faking, she gets a bonus. But if she proves that they actually were true, the house gets the bonus. Or, like, the house gets the payout from the government.
0: That's the one difference that they would make. She would be a 100... They would make her a cop. It would be propaganda. We wouldn't be able to watch it. No, but she's not. She can't
2: be. (laughs) She can't be because she's a drug addict. False! Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I think that we know that's uh, incorrect. (laughs) What we know from TV. And also, so
1: the people in Downside... Because there's no education. They don't speak the way we, like, the people who are educated speak like us and then they have their own, like, vernacular that is said in the book so terrible, speaks. I wish I could read something to you. Do with some eats chess? We ain't as away from my car, as it seems. <laughs> like, it not, it's not English. So there's a whole other language you need to learn. It's so interesting. Hold on. I'm going to ch-
0: ch- read you another I sentence. I mean, this is... <laughs> what? It's, this, this is exactly. the most Steph has ever talked about anything. i know normally just for the audience normally when we record it maybe you've noticed Uh, we're 18
1: minutes
0: yeah steph's pieces don't normally take very long because steph is normally bing bang bong in and out these are my this is the thing this is my (laughs) god you can't say bing bang bong i still have that song stuck in my head but again, normally Steph is an in and out, 5 minutes, not a lot of foreplay. You know, she's just here to say what she's got to say. And then there's not even room sometimes for discussion cuz Steph is just like, here we are. And so we're done with like 7 minutes with Steph. We are at the 20 minute mark almost, and she is still going. I am
2: impressed. So does this couple have sex scenes in the in the books? Of course they do, with of Steph. Of course. Okay, I don't know. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. No, she picked a chaste
1: couple. Listen, listen. So, like, first book. As I as I've mentioned previously, this was a friends to lovers situation, right? They it's a slow build. You know that chess is into him and you know that terrible's into her, but they're too afraid to talk about their feelings. But it's like chapter five. She's a little high on drugs (laughs) due to other reasons. So they make so they meet up at this club, and guess what? They hook up. And you're like, oh my god, can't wait to see this in uh, further detail as they go back to his place. But then she fucks it up, and then when he brings it up the next day, he she says, "I don't remember doing that." And you know he's devastated by that. But then it takes two three books for that to get fixed. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so many good. Books for that to be fixed. Well, ugh, I can't give you an all the way, but like they <laughs> hook say, up Also, spoilers. Talk. I mean it happens chapter five i want to say oh and like guys they she passes books their love language is books <laughs> you interrupted <laughs> <very> yourself <laughs> i know I'm, I'm gonna have a great time editing Does my she own teach him to read no he knows how to read but she, like they 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 pass books back and forth and he like really carefully reads them because he doesn't think she he's as smart as her but she's like doesn't believe that oh it's so cute <laughs>
0: Oh, man.
1: Just and terrible
0: forever. <laughs> and on
2: that note, Nat, what is your favorite couple? I mean, this one was a little tough because I was like, I want to have potentially a same-sex couple for this. But guess what? I couldn't think of one that I enjoyed. A Pure. <laughs>
0: Girl, I had such a similar problem because I really wanted to pick a (laughs) queer couple. But then when you start putting layers on of like, they have to have, like, it has to be canon that their relationship is
2: good. Ideally, no one should die. You're left with like four possible options. And I was like, and I don't know that there's an option that I know of or that I personally have watched or read or whatever. So I was just like, I don't feel comfortable (laughs) talking about this because I'm like, I don't want a sad couple either. Like, I refuse to put a sad couple into this. None of that. Second of all, I don't want to hear about Jim and Pam. I don't care about people trying to feed me this Jim and Pam love story because it's the most vanilla cracker couple I've ever heard of. (laughs) I don't even have to watch more than a season of The Office to know. No, absolutely not. This is not it. And then I was like, okay, well, what's the first couple that I like truly stand, even as a child? And then I thought, okay, well, that's definitely like Max Sheffield and Fran. Of course, (laughs) because the snarkiest couple. So that's like my little honorable mention. But in my heart of hearts, the couple that I still think about, and I say this like it's been a long time since I've seen this couple on screen, (laughs) but the couple I still think about the most, like constantly, like it's got to be like every month something happens to me and I'm like got to think about them for a little bit. It's Hot Priest and Fleabag. Wow. Were they even? Well, we count that
0: as a couple, though. Were they, okay.
2: Were they a I couple? I count it. I count it. I'm going to talk about it. But did they? Listen. Count- listen. Go. <laughs> so I'm hesitant to talk about Fleabag a little bit, so I'm just going to add, like, a little, like, piece here. I think... Talking about Fleabag takes away from a lot of the power of the show itself. So if you haven't watched Fleabag, skip over this part is what I'm saying to whoever's listening. Because I think, like, if I go into it, it's going to reveal too much. And if you haven't seen it, then it, like, I don't know. It'll take away from the story, I think. Um, Personally, that is what I believe. But if you don't care, just listen. Whatever. But Fleabag, Hot Priest, there is just something about... Andrew Scott's chemistry with Phoebe Waller-Bridge that is like insane it's too it's too much for me I think about it a little bit too much I watch videos of it on YouTube like just like (laughs) constantly it's a constant thing I don't want to talk about it do I remove it from my history playlist yes (laughs) because I don't need people to know that I've literally watched 10 minutes of them just doing stuff it's fine (laughs) don't worry about it that sounds
0: horrifying when you phrase it that way i know
2: i know (laughs) i'm talking about from the show okay from the show it's i'm not stalking them and then watching (laughs) that's not what i
0: meant watching 10 minutes of them doing stuff sounds like there's some secret like porno out there that you were like oh i just uh, (laughs) it's my history on there that i'm just watching 10 minutes over
2: and over and over again okay so a little bit of background about fleabag if you've been living under a rock and don't know about it it's basically phoebe waller bridge's character who uh is a titular character if you want to say um she is somebody who's like narrating her view directly to you as she breaks like the fourth wall fourth wall (laughs) i was gonna say the fourth dimension and i was like no that sounds too (laughs) sci-fi but she basically breaks that fourth wall and is narrating directly to you and it's like pretty much about the mishaps in her life following the death of her best friend uh who is also i believe like her co-cafe owner as well and this is all taking place in london right yes yes basically in the first season it's all about phoebe's relationships with her family and her like very hectic love life which is like person after person her failing business all of that it's all dark comedy it's hilarious it's so good it's like dark comedy with like a feminist kick to your gut is what I think of it as because there's always like some sort of weird twist to it. Um, And the whole concept is that this is the story of a terrible person, but is she a terrible person is kind of like the question that is throughout season two is where we see my favorite couple. I know people are questioning whether they're a couple. The thing is you got to enjoy a couple for as long as they're a couple for as much as you can. (laughs) That is listen, just because they don't, these these are all spoilers (laughs) But just because they're not like a full realized couple by the end doesn't mean you can't experience a season like they are. (laughs) Like they aren't. Like they aren't. Because, first of all, (laughs) you meet the Hot Priest, played by Andrew Scott of BBC Sherlock's Moriarty fame. (laughs) We all know, we've seen him. We've seen him in a crown, basically. And this whole season religious experience and that's not like to say oh it's because he's a priest that it was a no it's because the whole season is about taking that cynicism that she has and then like breaking that down sort of like paralleling religion and then seeing can a terrible person become good again but the best part of this is the confessional scene (laughs) if you guys remember no you guys have blank looks (laughs)
0: No, I know. (laughs) I mean, vaguely, it's definitely been a while since I've watched. And I do
2: remember, I'm just just embracing what you're saying. The The whole season is them, like, going back and forth. There's, like, a lot of, like, flirting here and there. I enjoyed it a lot. It's not, like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's, like, a friends to lovers type of thing. It's more, like, I don't know, flirty acquaintances or, like, (laughs) two people that are, like, one kind of feels terrible one thinks he's kind of terrible for his thoughts and then it's just like a thing like the most like key scene obviously the confessional scene as i talked about he pulls back that curtain tells her to kneel and you're like okay this is going to be like a sub dom situation and then he's like no i'm going to kneel too and you're like what <laughs> what is happening it's crazy i loved it it was like really passionate there was like i don't there's something about their chemistry that like i have not seen on an on screen couple ever for some reason like I just like I don't get that from anybody and I know like it's acting (laughs) but I was like I'm (laughs) I'm convinced they are just like really like I'm like I know he's gay or whatever but there's like there's some other chemistry like their friendship is so strong that it's just like it seeps into their characters (laughs) I loved it they're my favorite couple even though you can only enjoy them for a very short time Yeah, like, this is what I can't remember. They never become a couple because they can't. They, I mean, like, they can't, but he's also deciding. Like, how, part of the season is him, like, trying to figure out what he actually wants. What's to, is, Does he value more his relationship with God or with her? And there's also this mm-hmm. whole question of whether loving another person is the right thing for either of them because it's easy to love another person but it's not that easy to love yourself right so they're like there's that whole other dichotomy too which like I enjoyed it playing out but for a period of time they do feel together without actually being together you know what I mean to take this to its like romantic conclusion if you're gonna go there he
0: either has to choose his like what he considers to be a life's calling or this woman he can't have both so that. He- feels like it would be sad but i do appreciate the like alternate kind of romance that they have because
2: that season is very interesting with the way that they play off each other i also wouldn't really consider this sad because it's not like one of them dies or like there's like a permanent disconnect between the two of them it's more like this part of their like this part of their story can't continue and i think that's fine i think that Mm-hmm. I don't think love is permanent forever for everyone, as much as you want it to be. No matter what the couple is like, so I I just think like, for me, it was fine that it was just like whatever. I don't know how much period of time this runs, like a month, two months. I don't know.
1: Well, I felt like when it ended, they they both thought it was the best decision. Like we like we can't
2: continue to yeah, do this anymore. Yeah, and so it's like in yeah in that sense, it's a happy thing. And like it's also at that point that um. Phoebe Waller-Bridge reveals that when she's like breaking the fourth wall and the hot priest is (laughs) there's that scene where the hot priest is looking at the camera like what is she looking at (laughs) what is she looking at (laughs) and he doesn't see us but he definitely sees her and there's that moment where she realizes she's using that the viewer as a crutch and in a way by the end when they're both like leaving each other there's this moment where you realize that she's gonna let go of us which is hence why the series ended but it's also like It's also, like, a self-realization, hence why it's a religious experience, because, like, she's giving up this, like, weird crutch that she was using. She's, like, getting rid of that cynicism that she can't be a better person. It's, like, there's, like, a whole thing to it, and I think part of that is she had to go through that relationship with him for her to get there, part of the way, to realize that, oh, this person sees me. Maybe I should see me too. But yeah, like, I was, like, really surprised that this is, like, the couple that I kept thinking about. I don't know why. They're just, like, the couple I think about all the time. And I don't, like, indifferent... Not just because I'm, like, that's in the spank bank. No. <laughs> it's also, but like... It clearly is for you. Yeah, like... like listen,
1: it, it, it I will was tell like, you, that's... It was burned into my brain. Like, and I was, like, that's excellent.
2: I don't watch a lot of TV where I'm, like, that's hot. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not watching, like a movie like 50 shades of gray thinking like that's fun <laughs> like, I, and yet you've in, re-watched it multiple times not for that reason though i'm not watching for this what are you watching it for? i'm not like sitting there like that's hot because <laughs> it's hilarious it's hilarious just it's so check. bad it's good <laughs> <laughs> like this is like this is different like i will specifically seek out this scene because i just mm. <laughs> <laughs> It's so well done. You know what? She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Takes the boxes, Christina. What's her cup <laughs> <laughs> She's
1: getting too hot and bothered. She's going
0: back to that. She needs to take a sip of water. She needs to fan
1: herself a bit.
0: <laughs> she just pulled out her water bottle and she's now muted herself. So, like, we know what's <laughs> happening over there. Uh, to go back to that super quickly, I... Even after watching that, I really, like on a personal level, do not consider them a romantic couple, but I like this read of them a lot. I think it's really good. And I like I think this is a very interesting choice for this, um, for this episode and this theme. So like Thank you for approving my choice. You know, every so often I know that I, I rag on you a lot, so I feel like I gotta come in every so often and give the approval and be like, mm, you know what? Good, good one this time. <laughs> And then going to mine. So I had as you were talking about your your like thought process, I had the same fucking problem because I did not want to pick a straight white couple. But I also put a lot of like filters on myself of like, okay, I want them to genuinely be a good couple on screen or on the pages, because especially if you're somebody that's like super into fandom or anything like that, it's very easy for couples to become what they are in fan fiction or in fan and and like that's the read of them so I didn't want something like that but when you try to narrow it down to queer couples that don't have just white people you have no fucking options and like at this point I've talked about Shadowhunters so much I can't pick Magnus and Alec again I also don't know that I would I thought you were going to do that (laughs) it was on my list of possible couples they're on there but I can't talk about (laughs) them I mean I (laughs) will yell at Steph. I will yell at Steph and Nat individually about this, but to do another episode on it, that's not, we don't need to go there. I'm sure they'll come up again at some other point. Uh, So I have two possible options here. And I think what I want to do is, uh, hands down, when I look at like, if I remove the filters of like, not wanting it to be straight or white, the like best TV couple I find that is like the healthiest relationship, people who genuinely like each other and love each other, it's Leslie and Ben from Parks and Rec. But I don't think we need to talk about that at all because who doesn't know? You know, if you haven't watched Park and Rec, I recommend it. Their romance is what took the show from being like, the first season's all right. The second season is good. Them make that show excellent because they have a genuinely healthy and good relationship. So I feel like there's actually not a lot to talk about there aside from talking about how I really appreciate that they love each other and like each other. However, I've decided I'm going to go controversial. I am going to use this episode as a soapbox uh, and I'm going to talk about the most controversial couple process thought that I have. And I will say, I do not think that this is the Best couple in all of media, but I do think it was one of the best couples on this show and I think they're highly underrated and I think people do not give them the appreciation that they deserve. And so we are talking Gilmore Girls and we are talking Rory and Logan. We're ready to fight. I can hear the audience now. You're screaming at me. You're like, excuse me, Jess Marino is right there. How dare you? And I'm going to say this right now. I'm I'm speaking this into your hearts because I understand you. Okay. You were a teenager. You were watching Gilmore Girls. You saw yourself in Rory and Lane quite a bit. Book nerds. And then Jess came in and he was the hot, bo- hot bad boy fantasy of your dreams because he was a bad boy, but he also read and he wore a leather jacket. Hear me out. Just because you want to date Jess doesn't mean he was the best option for Rory on that show. I guess
2: I can settle for that.
0: (laughs) Here's why, and I'll I'll get into it. Here's why I think that Logan was the best one for Rory on that show. And here's why I actually like the way their relationship progressed. First of all, Steph, it's an enemies-to-lovers situation. I I don't know when, the last time you watched, but when they start off, they do not like each other because Logan, and I'll admit this, he comes in hot as a dick. He comes in with his money and he barely sees Rory. He thinks that she's hot. That's about it. But he's just living his best rich boy academia life, okay? He's being a fool. They dislike each other and... Rory is at her best when they first meet and she decides to write a story on the secret society that Logan is in because he's a rich boy at Yale. And so she decides she's going to write a story about, I can't remember what they're called, but it's the Skull and Bone Society. They're like some literati nonsense. You You can
1: picture Rory on top of a wooden pier about to jump off with an umbrella. Yes.
0: Tell me to this day that one of the most iconic scenes of Gilmore Girls is not that scaffolding scene. Okay? For people who haven't watched, or if you need a little memory jog, what happens is they know each other slightly, but Rory has now decided she's trying to write this story. And Logan, who at this point is like kind of into her, but is still just kind of playing along with this idea, is like, okay, Ace, because that's what he calls her because of Master and Commander, uh, which is not a great vibe, but it's what's happening. Um, He invites her as a journalist to come see what they're doing as part of the secret society for her to live a little and she wears the blue dress and they go on the scaffolding and they're jumping with harnesses attached to them and umbrellas and in that moment where she looks at him and she says you jump I jump Jack that is that was the moment that their relationship sparked okay <laughs> there was now there was a romance in you're there. not wrong
1: you're like you're relaying this and I'm like uh-huh
0: From the very beginning, what I like about this is this to me is the first time that Rory is in a situation where she is stepping outside of her comfort zone and finding joy in that. Because up until then, Rory is such a, again, she's a very like archetypal character. She's very nerdy. She's very introverted, but she's determined and not like, like prudish is not the right word, but she doesn't go on adventure. She doesn't try a lot of exciting stuff, despite who her mother is. And I think this is the first time you see a side of Rory where she is embracing that like doing just something interesting and fun and a little bit dangerous. And she clearly likes that part of herself. As time goes on, particularly in her relationship with him, she dives into that piece of her more. And is it always the right call? Does she make mistakes doing that? Yes, 100%. She does. They steal a fucking boat. But I always felt that as they grew in their relationship together, Logan gave Rory space to make mistakes without judging her for them. He would just like kind of constantly supported her whether he felt she was making a good decision or a bad decision versus I think everyone else in her life who really puts her up on a pedestal and really expects the best from her and is so disappointed when she doesn't do anything that fits their idea of her. I think she was the most herself and she got to be the most worried when she was with Logan because he didn't have that view of her he saw her as someone very similar to him, just like who has certain kinds of opportunities. They're both very privileged people. Like that is a real thing, even if he's more privileged than she is. But he loves making mistakes and he knew the value of just getting the chance to like fuck around and find out and so he gives her the space to do that and I think she grows the most in her relationship with him they learn the most about each other are there parts of their relationship that are fraught the time that they're like not quite serious yet so his sister gets married and he sleeps with a bunch of bridesmaids and she's like oh I thought we were more serious than that and they have their little fight all those things happen But what cements this couple for me as the couple of all time, the thing that I always come back to, and I have probably talked about this in an episode before because I hate myself, it's one of the most romantic things I've ever seen on TV and it just says so much more about me than it does about anything else. But I love quiet moments of romance, just the little things that say I love you without people having to have like a big I love you scene. And there's later on in the season or in the show, Logan is going to London for a job. And so they're going to be separated for some time. At this point, they've been living together. They've been together for quite some time. Logan is the most serious and long lasting relationship she's ever been in. Thank you very much. Um, And as he's leaving, he left her a gift. And so the day he leaves, he calls her and he's like, hey, there's a present for you. And she opens it up. Ashley's talking to him and it's a rocket ship. It's like a model rocket ship. And she's like, I don't understand what the fuck this man has given me. And while they're on the phone, he's like, like, do you, do you understand? Do you get it? And she's worried. So she says yes, but she doesn't. And so the episode is her trying to figure out what the fuck this rocket ship means. And she has this scene near the end of the episode where she runs to her mom's room at the middle of the night. Cause mom doesn't approve of their relationship. It's a whole thing. Um, and she like, realizes what the rocket ship means and she's explaining it to her and she goes on this whole rant about like how she investigated the rocket ship it's honestly the best journalism we've seen from Rory throughout the entire show is her trying to figure out what the rocket ship means And she's explaining to her that someone on a forum told her that the model rocket ship looks like the rocket ship from this episode of The Twilight Zone. And she talks about remembering how one night her and Logan were just sitting at home watching TV and they watched this episode of The Twilight Zone where this man was being shoot off into space uh, for like 90 years in stasis so he would never age as part of an experiment. And the night before he goes off into space, he meets this woman and they fall in love. But he's about to go be in space for however many years. And he's going to come back young and she will have to move on with her life. So he is so enamored and so in love with her after they meet that when he goes into space, he turns off his like state, like he doesn't go into stasis and he slowly ages in space so that when he comes back down to Earth, they can be the same age and they can start like he can he can just like try to find her again because he doesn't want to come back and live a whole life if he doesn't have her in it. But the woman who thought that he was going into space and in stasis decides to put herself in stasis and not age for 20 years back on Earth so that when he comes down, they can be young and they can have a life together. And Lori says, while we were watching that episode, Logan turned to her and said, that's true love. And that's why he gave her the rocket, okay? Because he was saying that what they had together was true love. And I need you to understand that in a couple that like traveled the world together and does crazy, stupid, rich people shit and steal boats together... That moment where like the way that he told her he loved her more than anything else in the world was with that stupid fucking rocket because they had a night watching TV together and that's how much he loves her. That to this day speaks to me. I am as affected by that as I was when I was 16 and I was watching it. I refuse, refuse for you to tell me that Jess Marino is better for her than Logan when they had true love, okay? (laughs) Here's, here's my, here's, so, no. That's my favorite. Okay. I have
1: a question for you. <laughs> when Logan's father tells yeah. Rory, you don't have what it takes to be a journalist and she literally fucks off for a year. Yeah. What, what, like, how was Logan helping her in
0: that situation? Were they still together? They were still together. Logan supported her in that time by letting her make her own choices. Like, does the choices that Rory makes at the time good? But I also think, like, no, they weren't. But I also think we think of Rory as being a better person than she is. Like, this is another thing. Both of them are not great people. And Rory in particular, Mm -hmm. when you look at what the choices she makes, she really likes being super rich. She likes what comes along with that. She is more invested in that life than her mother wants or than we as the viewer wants. But she is a part of that. And she likes that part of Logan as well. They both like that part that gives them a lot of freedom and a lot of privilege. So... To have someone, I think, in her life that told her, you don't have to be perfect. You can take a year off school. You don't have to live the life that you have prescribed for yourself your entire life that your mom also wants for you because she thinks it's a better life than the one that she had. Like... Don't get me wrong, I don't think he was perfect. He gave her that Birkin bag, which I think really showed that he also had a lot of learning and growing to do. He didn't know her very well. He's still really used to the kind of girls that like he knew and he grew up around, where that Birkin bag means a lot, but for her doesn't really mean very much. Like those are still things. But he gave her, he gave her space and he didn't lecture her. I think as a friend, Jess was great because he also helped her, he multiple times has helped her snapped out of funks that she was in and your friend should be able to do that for you 100% but it's also fair to have people that are there to snap you out of things and people that are there to just support you and who is Logan to tell anybody oh no you should stay in school the man I think it like is like two years older than her and he just keeps taking years off for whatever reason like he did exactly what I think he needed to and I think that year was important for Rory because she got a break from who she thinks she's supposed to be and ultimately came back around to say like, you know, you know what? This is what I wanted. I tried something else. It wasn't for me. I think that she needed that. This is all ignoring a year yeah, in the
1: life. I was going to say, what? If the ending was that she, this is spoiler, spoiler territory, everyone. Um, if, the, so if the ending was supposed to be that she gets pregnant by Logan and they break up, do you think that they would eventually get back together?
0: So here's where some of this comes into play, because the creator of the show, Amy Sherman-Paldino, I don't think she wants them to be together forever. But I think the people that took over the show did, because even when they break up in the initial final season, they don't break up because they don't love each other. They break up because they're in different places in their lives. Logan is ready to settle down and have a family and try something that he never expected for himself. And Rory is ready to start her life. So I don't love how they ended up breaking up where he kind of gave her an ultimatum that I don't really think made sense for him, but they're in two different places. She's ready to start. He's ready to like begin a different kind of chapter so that they come back to each other in a year in their life is both very amazing for me as a, the, one of the few shippers on earth for them, but also a slap in the face because they were cheating on their respective partners. That was super fun. Um, I kind of like the goodbye that they had for each other because I do also agree you could have a great romance it doesn't have to be the romance for your entire life it doesn't have to be the person that you're with but if they end up having a kid I would have loved a, a version where they show that he is not Chris like yeah. she is not her mother and she is not living her mother's life yeah, okay. I think in the the way that I view those characters I think Logan would have come back I think they would have starred that family together because the reason that I believe Logan is with this like woman that people want him to be with and not somebody he genuinely wants to be with, is because in the way they've created Logan, he, if it's not Rory, he doesn't care. Like he will do what his family wants if it if he can't have what he wants. And what he wants is Rory and he wants that life that they were building together. He's not going out and finding somebody else to do for him what Rory did. He was like, Well, what's the point of fighting? the like expectations people have of me. If I can't be with the person I want, I might as well just live what everyone wanted. And I might, and then he like picks that blonde girl and then he cheats on her with Rory. It's like a whole thing. It's a. It was an, a, a situation of getting everything you've ever wanted and hating every moment of it as somebody who likes them as a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so strongly about this. I, to this day, I love them as a couple. I, I'm still... That's true love, okay? It's not like
1: <laughs> I like that you talked about cheating, and I'm like, in my book, I'm like, it's only okay when they do it. <laughs> the fact that cheating goes on or yeah. is like an aspect. But like, it's like, ugh, I don't know. Commit to, commit to Rory 100%, 110% Logan. Just do it. He
0: tried. <sighs> he tried. He tried. He committed to her. He gave up. I, oh, here's what I like. He gave up a lot for her, but also for himself. Like, he gave up a lot so that he could live a life that he wanted, whether it included her or not. They undo some of that when you come yeah, back to a year in yeah. life. But like he he told his dad to fuck off, that he would figure out what he wanted to do on his own. He didn't want to be just like his father's clone. But par- but the catalyst for him coming to that decision was the relationship with Rory. And he wanted everything with her. He wanted that. And to be fair, she had dr- just graduated university yeah. and she wanted to go and to be a political correspondent. So I think it, like, even though it made me sad, I think it made sense that they broke up. But I loved the relationship. I could see them being together forever. Because I think that, again, everyone else in Rory's life thinks she needs to be perfect. Logan knows that she doesn't. And then, but opposite, Rory expected more of Logan than anybody else did, but in a way that was true to who he is as a person and not just expecting him to be, like, the perfect version of who they want. Rory gave him space to be the best version of who he is so that is why I like them together as a couple I do not feel <laughs> that Rory and Jess do that for each other I think Jess so was, was at his best talk? <laughs> this is the <laughs> end of my tech talk Jess was at his best when he was not in a relationship with Rory and hadn't actually seen her for a year so think about that as well
2: I do. I do agree in A Year in a Life, Jess was at his best. And um, it definitely kind of changed my mind about them. But I also think it's because she didn't deserve it.
0: She doesn't. I fully agree. Jess, away from everything, becomes a really great person. I don't think their relationship would work because I don't think Jess could give her the things that she wants. And that's fine. She wants some things. That are kind of unreasonable because of the access to money that she had.
1: But it's like if my friend told me I'm hooking up with um, my ex-boyfriend who's dating someone currently. I'd be like, you're out of your fucking mind. Stop doing that.
0: Oh, 100%. That whole shit where like he's engaged and she's dating that guy she can't remember. I hated everything about that. But the scenes that they have together. I love. The banter is... Excellent. This is what I like too. They become lovers, but they don't lose the banter that they had when they
2: were enemies. All I can think is like Gilmore Girls really missed out on what could have been the best couple, though. Mm -hmm. Let's be real. Like Mm -hmm. the true enemies to lovers couple was Paris and Rory this whole time. That could have been the best couple of the series. They could have, but they didn't. So they were weak. We're not we're not going for it. We're going with
0: Rory and Logan. Also, honestly, Paris deserves better she does deserve better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, it's like Rory is not a good person. <laughs> if they like redid this now, it, like first episodes coming out this year, I but and they weren't cowards. I really would be interested to be like what would they change? What would be what would it be now? Yeah.
0: I think what would have happened is they would have had like a fling a night together. I don't think, I still think Rory and Paris, I don't think we're at a point yet where people aren't enough cowards to make them a couple, but she would have had a little moment in college.
2: Yeah. Which makes it worse somehow.
0: (laughs) Yep. That's what TV would have done. Alternatively, also here's why too, get your money, girl. Absolutely. The man is rich as (laughs) fuck. Yeah, I want to date someone in university who can pay off my student loans with the money in his couch. Let's do this. <laughs> so that's my Logan and Rory spiel. I've said it many times over the course of my life. Nobody ever likes it. They're always like, excuse me, but Jess. And here's what I have to say to you, too, as well. If Je- if Rory is dating Logan, Jess is free for you. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> go find him. He's available. Go go find him at his hipster bookstore. Yeah. So that is my couple. I am, here's thing. If you're listening, I'm here for your arguments. Uh, you can please go onto our Twitter and our Instagram at eatscast on both, and you can disagree with me. And why I like that is then we'll have engagement on those platforms. Uh, and I'm happy to let you know that you're wrong in those. So so please come, please tell us how you feel and why you feel just is the best. And I'll reiterate point after point about why you're wrong but you're free to love him for yourself just acknowledge that that's what's really happening
2: <laughs> but also if there's another couple out there like i want to know about it do we have any queer couples that would actually fall under this because like yeah i couldn't think of like the only other one i could think of was like the couple from blue is the warmest color but that's a sad couple so it's like the problem is there were something so many happy sads. Yeah, there were so many ones where I was like, but somebody dies
0: or like they don't end up together or they're so minor background that it was like, I'm I'm putting yeah. all of my idea of this couple on, I'm projecting onto them. I have to say one possible option that came up, the couple in the Lovebirds with Issa Rae
2: they i, I like thought their about relationship them. quite a bit i like their I relationship thought about them too but i was like we did a whole episode should i even mention them and then i was like yeah. but i did think about them you could have mentioned them. we never released that episode i know but <laughs> you never know we may release that episode it's like, who knows it could be the last episode release
0: okay you know it's very again this is another problem with like a lot of like women queer couples one of the ones i could think of was from atypical where there's some interesting things in that storyline but they made like they created this like lovable guy character that was dating this girl he's genuinely like the nicest character in the world and then they have her cheat on him with this girl as she discovers parts of herself that are like either bi or or gay and it's like this could have been a nice storyline but you kind of ruined it with the air like what you put around it and that's like another very common thing with queer couples so it was hard to find education i forgot
1: the alien gal Mm -hmm.
0: That one is I mean that they're one still nice. fresh. That one's that we bad. haven't gotten in depth yeah. yet with them. They're also, as far as them being in a couple, they're a couple they're yeah. like, it's one episode yeah. out of two seasons. So this was a, another problem. So we ended up with a lot of like whiteness. But here we are. And that is that for that episode. Please share your best couples with us on our Instagram and Twitter. But more likely, please tell me how mad you are about me saying Logan and Rory are the best couple of Gilmore Girls and being one hundred percent correct. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, my pick was Logan and Murray from Gilmore Girls. My pick was Fleabag and Hot Priest from Fleabag. And
1: mine is Chess and Terrible from the Downside Go series by Stacia Kane. Go read it immediately.
0: Somebody should read that for Steph because it has been the whole time that we've known each other. Like one of the second things Steph said to me was please read this book and I still haven't. So somebody should really read that for her. Let us know what you thought about it again on our Instagram or our Twitter at eatscast. She won't see it. But what will happen is myself or Nat will see it and we'll relay the information to Steph. And then maybe she'll decide to finally go on our Twitter and fucking respond to somebody. Listen,
1: I'll come out of my archive, out of my dungeon <laughs> black hole for this. Okay. If someone asks me and be like, oh my God, I love Chess and Terrible. I'll be like, uh, yeah, same. I will. I will tweet. That's my, that's my promise to listeners. <laughs>
0: Thanks so much for listening, guys. That's everything from us. Uh, We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. I thought he was cute when I was younger. After seeing him in This Is Us with the mustache, I don't find him attractive anymore.